worshiping you lord we pray that the presence of the risen christ will be truly experienced by all of us lord we commit each and every one of us into your hands whether we are attending from this sanctuary or attending from our homes or the places that we are in we pray that your voice will be heard loud and clear into our lives lord that the risen christ alone will be glorified that this clay jar of yours be anointed by your spirit lord that my mouth will be anointed to speak the oracles of the lord lord thank you father bless your people in the name of jesus we pray please be seated I want to greet all of you whether you are attending from the sanctuary or the comfort of your homes or wherever places you are at this moment I want to thank you for attending the service hallelujah If there is anybody new attending and listening to this service I want to welcome you especially uh I know there is Vikas here he's a friend of our brother Dilip we want to welcome you to Cornerstone thank you for coming and attending the service with us This morning's message is titled Why Resurrection Matters When we were dead in our sins and uncircumcision of our flesh God made you alive with Christ The Christian world is celebrating Easter today Easter representing the resurrection of Jesus Christ What is Easter 
you will not find this word in the Bible. This word came from the name of a pagan goddess in England by name Yoster. She was the goddess of fertility and was worshipped by the local people there. And a bunny was her representation, a symbol. So Easter and bunny really has nothing to do with Christ and resurrection. This morning I got a lot of Easter wishes, but every one of them, I should say most of them, was, was with a picture of a bunny or a basket of eggs. You know, by the changing the theme, the world is trying to make a mockery of the eternal nature of the salvation plan of God. When they say Easter, it's about fresh start. It's about springtime. It's about fertility. And it's about good things to happen. I also might be using the word Easter in my message this morning a few times because that's what is familiar to some of you and I want you to be connecting to the message this morning. But when I use it, it will be exclusively used in the sense of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today two questions. Resurrection. What does it mean to you? Question number two. Resurrection. Why should it matter to you? You know, resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical fact. It stands as the fixed point around which time, in fact, turns. And we all acknowledge that. A recent Gallup poll said, that 84% of people who don't even go to church believe that Jesus did rise from the dead. The city of Jerusalem and the whole of Roman Empire knew when he rose. Roman historians like Josephus and Tacitus, they have described it in their writings. There are at least 15 historical references to Jesus meeting with people, touching them, talking with them, and all these after he had been crucified and risen. Many are the people that have seen him. But do I believe today that Jesus rose from the dead because, only because it is a historical fact. Absolutely not. If Jesus really resurrected, it is more than just a historical fact for me. So if Jesus did rise up, as history see, says, what does it mean to me? It means three things to me. If Jesus really rose, it means three things to me. One thing, Jesus is who he claimed he was. If Jesus did rise from the dead, 
Jesus is who he claimed he was. If Jesus did rise from the dead, Jesus has the power to he claimed he has. And number three, if Jesus did rise from the dead, Jesus can do what he promised he will do. Resurrection means Jesus is who he claimed to be. You know, Jesus made some very outlandish claims while he was on earth. In John 11:25, he says, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. In John 10:30, he claimed, I and the Father are one, making him equal to God the Father. Many today portray Jesus as a good teacher. And he was a good teacher. But he was not just a good teacher. There are many good teachers even today. But the moment a good teacher claims to be God, we know there is something wrong with that good teacher. Jesus claimed perfection. Jesus claimed to be the door to heaven. You know, Jesus was either who he claimed he was, or he was the biggest liar that ever set foot on the earth. But none of the six courts that tried him accused him of lying. There were three religious courts and three civil courts. None of them condemned him to be a liar. John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is a very strong statement. He did not say, I am one way. I am not the good way. He said, I am the way, the one and only way. Hallelujah. I am the truth. That means anything else is not the truth. We live in a world that advocates many grades of truth. And they will accept anything as truth except the real truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. There is only one truth. There is nothing called different grades of truth. Truth is absolute. Even a fractional deviation of truth makes it a lie. But the world we live in says there are different grades of truth. When you have different grades of truth, the most intolerable thing to you will be the absolute truth. God created humans as man and woman. That's an absolute truth. A deviation from is not another truth. It is a lie. God established marriage between a man and a woman. And that is an absolute truth. And a deviation from it is not another truth. It is a lie. You know about the cleansing of the temple that the Lord did? 
John 2, verses 18 and 19, if you read. The Pharisees questioned his authority. By what authority do you do this? And you know what his answer was? Tear down this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. He was talking about actually his resurrection. He was declaring his authority as God. Even when you don't believe in Jesus, without even thinking about him, you do, you do use him as your reference point. You know when? God came to the earth in the form of a man so he, we could know what God is like. His name was Jesus. He split all of history into two, one before him, B.C., and one after him, A.D. And every time you write a date, you are referring to Jesus, my Savior. He, he is who he claimed to be. He is the Savior, the absolute truth, truth and he is God. What does resurrection mean? Resurrection means that Jesus has the power to do what he claimed. He has the power he claimed to have. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. Matthew 28, 18. Because he is God, he can do everything that God can do. John 10.18 says, Nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. No force would keep Jesus in the tomb. The Romans killed him. Put him in a granite tomb. Rolled a big granite over the face of the tomb. Sealed it with the Roman seal. And posted 24 watch over, the, over there. Hallelujah. Glory. But the tomb could not hold him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were trying to prevent the most inevitable thing they knew would happen. But by what they did, they were just validating the most inevitable thing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resurrection means Jesus has the power he claimed to have. Thirdly, resurrection means Jesus can do what he promised he would do. In Mark 10, 34, he says, they will mock and flog and kill me, but after three days, I will rise. That's a promise he made. The cross was not a surprise to Jesus. It was all in his plans. Jesus promised that he will resurrect. In Matthew 28, 5, the angel says to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he promised. Easter means that God 
keeps his promises to you. Hallelujah. He did and he does and he will do what he promised you. Hallelujah. You have a God who keeps his promises. You can count on him. Men fail to keep promises. We all make promises. Hallelujah. But we fail to fulfill them sometime. But we have a God who keeps his promises. This is what Easter means. That Jesus is who he said he was. That Jesus has the power he said he has. That Jesus keeps his promises he makes. Hallelujah. Okay, you might ask me. Okay, that's good. I know now what Easter means. I know now what resurrection means. But why should it matter to me? You have very eloquently said all these things about Easter. But why should it matter to me? What difference does resurrection make to me? Because Jesus is who he said he is. Because Jesus has the power he said he has. And because he keeps his promises, I benefit in many ways. Resurrection matters. Resurrection, resurrection matters because my past will be forgiven. Because of resurrection, my past is forgiven. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been halfway through a project and then wished you could start all over again? I have a lot of times. A lot of people feel the same about life. They reach halfway through life and wish they could start it all over again. We sometimes wish we, 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 we have done something different from what we have really done. We wish we have not said what we have said. We wish we have not thought what we have thought sometimes. We all have regrets. We all have guilt. The reason for us to find it hard sometimes to get on with our present and even to plan for our future is some of us are so stuck with our past. We are stuck there. Because it's tormenting. Our past is tormenting us. Some guilt or some of these regrets may be bearing you down. You may be running around with an emotional baggage that is pulling you down and preventing you from taking one step forward. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, Apostle Paul wrote, He has forgiven all our sins and canceled any debt we owe. This is the verse that we wrote, read in the beginning. He has forgiven all our sins and canceled any debt we owe. Christ has done away with it by nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. 
That is God's pardon. Hallelujah. Jesus nailed it to the cross. He paid for my guilt. I owe nothing. So I can quit nailing myself to the cross. He wants to forgive your past, my dear brothers and sisters. He wants to cancel any debt that you owe. It could be emotional debt. It could be relational debt. It could be sins of the past. All canceled, wiped clean. Nailed it to the cross. Hallelujah. Once God has forgiven it, I can forget about it. That is the good news. You can walk with a clear conscience after that. I want to make a very bold statement today. That Christians are the only people in the world that can walk around with a clear conscience of a clean past because their past had been forgiven. Hallelujah. They have been forgiven. They are given a new slate, a clean slate. I have been forgiven. I have no condemnation. Jesus did not come to rub it in. He came to rub it out. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. Jesus wants to change you. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus wants to give you a new beginning. Jesus wants to give you a clear conscience. Easter matters because Jesus can forgive your past sins. Jesus has forgiven me my past sins. Jesus has forgiven it and I have forgotten it. I can forget it. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1 Do you have that assurance today that Jesus has forgiven your past? That he has wiped you clean to start new? Come to Jesus today. I want to offer you an invitation to come to Jesus because he has died and risen for that to happen in your life. Resurrection matters because I can deal with my present also. Not that I can, I have a clean slate now, slate now. I can also deal with my present problems. Life is full of challenges. We have no control over it. But the good news is that God is in control of, of our everyday life. When you partner with Jesus in this life, God will take control of your life. I don't know what you're going through now. It, sometimes we feel totally powerless and paralyzed about many situations in life. Powerless to deal with a crisis. Powerless to break a bad habit. Powerless to save a relationship. Powerless to stand up for the truth. Powerless to get out of the debt that we are in. Powerless to manage our time and our schedules. 
and to organize our life. What you need now is a power greater than you. God does not want you to live a life all by yourself. He wants to partner with you. He wants to maintain a relationship with you. Not just that he wants you to commit and then he's gone. He wants you to commit your life to him and he wants to stay with you every moment of your life. Hallelujah. It's a powerful life. And I want to introduce this power, this great power that is available for us. And it is written in Ephesians 1, 18 through 20. It goes like this. Apostle Paul is praying for the Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The power that is available for us is the same power that raised Jesus from the cold tomb. What a dynamic power that is. Hallelujah. That power will raise you from all your problems. It will lift you up above your problems. Hallelujah. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. We have no control of our future. We don't even know what will happen next moment. But it doesn't matter. Because even though it is out of my control, it is in the control of my God who is holding my next moment. Hallelujah. And he will give me the power to face my next moment. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It means I have the power to handle any situation in life through the strength of Jesus Christ who lives in my life. God says, I want to help you. God understands what you are going through. He is telling you, do not give up. I'm here to give you strength. I'm going to empower you. No problem is too hard for the Lord. No sickness is too severe for the Lord to heal you. No situation is too hopeless for the Lord to change. It is not the power of positive thinking like some people say. It is not even because you are a strong-willed person. It is because of a dynamic power that went through the dead body of Christ is available to you and me today to transform our situations and change us. Hallelujah. Why resurrection matters? My past was forgiven. I can deal with my present. And my future is secure. Resurrection matters to me because my future can be secure. One of the universal problems we all have is death. 
everyone dies unless Jesus returns before that. Death is inevitable. If death is inevitable, it is a totally foolish phenomenon not to be prepared for it. But we are so busy with matters of here that we don't stop to think about death, the inevitable. People don't like to talk about death. You know, as a physician, I deal with people of all ages. And I want to confess to you that the most difficult topic I have encountered to discuss with a patient is to discuss death with them. Even the sickest person is very hard to deal with them on the topic of death. You don't want to believe me? Do this. Invite some of your friends. Make some coffee and cookie. Sit around the table. You as the host or hostess say, today we are going to talk about death and see what they do and how they respond. The fact is that majority of us know that there is something after death. They all ask, what's going to happen to me after death? You know, it might surprise most of you that the baby boomer generation of today believe in heaven and hell more than many generations that lived before. But the problem is that a lot of misconceptions they have about heaven and hell. Most of them come from fairy tales, Hollywood movies, and terrible theologies. There are many kinds of cute little ideas about heaven and hell. And I'm sure some of you know these things. And I don't want to go into that. But if you are, a, if you are serious about knowing about heaven and hell, you must go to the very source. You must go to the scripture. You must go to God. Death is a serious matter. You must listen because one day you will stand before God and you are answerable to him. You know, heaven is a perfect place. Perfect in love. Perfect in joy. Perfect in beauty. Total perfection. There's no sin there. There's no sinner there. No blemish. No evil. No errors. It's perfect in all areas. And the Bible also says that in order to get to heaven, you have to be perfect. Because only perfection can enter a perfect heaven. And you might now say, thanks the Lord. That leaves me out. I'm not perfect. That's exactly the point. That's exactly the point about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Neither will I be entering heaven. If it was totally dependent on me. 
we have all messed up. You know, there are two ways of entering heaven. Listen to me carefully now. Two ways of entering heaven. I know it's going to be a surprise. What is he going to say now? You can earn it. Very simple. Very, it's called the performance plan. You know what you should do? After you are born, from birth, don't sin. Very simple. Always do the right thing. Always think right. Always say the right thing. Always make the right decision. Always make the right choices. Never say a wrong thing. Never even conceive a wrong thought in your heart. No evil thoughts. No anger. No hatred. No jealousy. It's very easy, right? Then you die and you go to heaven. What a good plan. But it doesn't work. And you all know and I know that too. Because we are already messed up. He don't belong to that group. And there is nobody that lived on the face of the earth that earned in that, that group except one person. Adam was in the Garden of Eden. There was no sin there. He was born sinless. His father was God himself. If someone could enter heaven by the performance method, the perfect candidate would have been Adam. Because there was no sin around him. But he failed. He sinned. Satan defeated him. Adam calls out to everyone from that generation on till now that the performance method does not work. So God came up with a second plan. Another plan. To trust Jesus, who was the perfect candidate that belonged to the first group, and who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was perfect. He met all the requirements of the first group candidate. Born without sin. Lived without sin. He knew no sin. There was no sin in him. He committed no sin. God the Father in his eternal love for you and me. Opened a new way for us to enter into heaven through Jesus Christ. The way, the truth and the life. The only open door to heaven. Not because we are perfect. But because of the perfection of the son of God. Because God, Jesus, Jesus laid down his life. Carrying on himself the sin and the penalty of the entire world. Dying on the cross like a wretched sinner me. The vicarious death of Jesus Christ. By believing in him and appropriating his death on the cross as my death. God the Father allows me to enter perfection and enter heaven. And that is available to all of us. Hallelujah.
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In his prayer, Jesus talked to the Father. John 17.3 Now this is eternal life. That they know you. The only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Some believe that we can enter by being sincere. Salvation by sincerity. It doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you believe it sincerely. Let me tell you something. You can be sincerely wrong. I can be drinking a glass of colorless, waterless, tasteless, Liquid, thinking it is water, and I could be sincerely wrong, and I could be sincerely dead because it was poison. Some advocate salvation by service. Do a list of things and you will enter heaven. And the Bible talks against it. Some say, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't smoke, I don't do this, I don't steal, I don't covet. A performance plan doesn't work. There are people who advocate heaven by ritual. I come to church, I get baptized, I come to church, I sit there, I sit at the corner every day and I even give to the church very, very generously. Doesn't work. It is not the religion that matters. It is the relationship. Hallelujah. You can be giving and you can be building churches after churches and churches for buildings after buildings for Cornerstone Church. But unless you have a relationship with the Lord, you will not make it to heaven. What well, 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are given the privilege of being born again into a life full of hope through Jesus Christ. Hope means you won't worry about death anymore. Hallelujah. You are not afraid of death. You have already made peace with God. And the God of perfection looks at you and declares, you are perfect in order to enter the perfect heaven. Would you like to have all your wrongs done in the past to be cleaned and to be given a clean slate? Would you like today to acquire the power that is beyond yourself to deal with all the problems and the, and, and, the, and, and, and the sins that you are dealing with? Would you like to have a hope for your future? The resurrection of Jesus did just that. That is the difference that Easter makes. But you must do something about it right now. Understanding everything I said is not enough. You must accept it and act on it. 
you must tell god now god i want to come to heaven and spend my life with you i want to spend my eternity with you i know that i can never enter on my own i am a sinner i am not perfect but i am trusting in jesus to take me there john 17:3 says that the only way to enter eternal life is by knowing the true god jesus christ to follow jesus to have a relationship with god through jesus the only way give your life into the eternal hands of god i want you to know that wherever you are at this moment you are not listening to this message by accident god has communicated to you what he wanted you to know today god tells you he is telling you you matter to me you and you and you matter to me god says i understand everything that you are going through i know your past i want to sweep it clean i want to have a relationship with you and i want you to know that i send you my son to die on the cross for you by believing in my son jesus and accepting as you him as your personal savior you will be my son or daughter it does not matter who you are you may be an atheist you may be an agnostic a catholic a protestant or somebody who belongs to a different religion it doesn't matter i'm not talking religion here i'm talking about a relationship that god wants to establish with you the true god the one and only living god some of you had been very close to god in the past but had drifted away isaiah 54:7 says with deep love i will welcome you back you matter to god come back to the lord he will receive you with open arms you need to recommit your life to the lord maybe you are not sure where you will go when you if you die tonight i want to declare to you this resurrection sunday that jesus christ resurrected because he wants to give you the assurance of eternal life with him he is god incarnate if you have not been a member of this church cornerstone would really like to be your spiritual family this is a place for imperfect people we would like to help you grow in your relationship with a perfect god in your daily life we also want to prepare you for your eternity with him commit your life to the lord that is the message of resurrection you matter to god he will change your past he will clean give you a clean slate forgive your past he will give you the power to deal with your present and he will give you the hope for tomorrow and that is the message of hope that is the message of resurrection shall we look into our lives this morning hallelujah
Maybe you have been a member and a regular attendee of this service for years. Do you really have a relationship with the risen Christ? Do we have the assurance that Jesus has forgiven you? That the blood of the Lamb has washed you of all your sins? Are you struggling with daily sins, temptations and struggles of life that you find so paralyzed and powerless to deal with? Jesus is declaring to you, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest, I will strengthen you. I'll give you the power to deal with all those issues. If you leave this world tomorrow, if you are called to eternity today, where, do you know where you will be tomorrow? Jesus says, I am the way to heaven. The only way to eternal life. Shall we commit our lives to the Lord? Hallelujah. Reflect on our lives. Maybe you have been a member, an active member of this church. God is going to strengthen you these days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Father God. We thank you. We praise you for this beautiful morning. We commit our lives to the hands of the eternal God who sent his one and only son in love for us to die on the cross instead of us saving us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help us to trust in you, Lord. Help us to believe in you, Lord. Help us to hold your hands. Because your hands are stronger than mine. Your power is stronger than mine. Your presence will make the, all the difference. Help your people, Lord. This Resurrection Sunday, we declare victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We proclaim the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you all, and I want to wish you, all of you, all the blessings of the resurrected Savior.